Events of the past 12 months have once again highlighted that Australia still has a long way to go when it comes to our relationship with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. 20 years on from the Reconciliation March of 2000, the path to reconciliation is still one that as a nation we have a long way to travel. In that spirit of reconciliation, I would like to offer my respects to the traditional owners of the land on which we meet, both past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Thank you everyone for joining us here today on this edition of the UX Australia podcast. I am joined by Janani. Welcome. Hi Steve, how are you? I'm very well. Now, what part of the world are you joining us from today? Uh, the really wet Sydney today. A very wet Sydney, yeah. um, I have to say. Um, I've, I've been um, unhappy with the amount of rain that we've been getting. Um, I'm also in Sydney and it's it's been going for a few days and it continues, but I have to say, I'd rather be getting this rain in Sydney than the rain they're getting in southeast Queensland. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, for, for anyone uh, interested, we're recording on the 25th of February um, and parts of southeast Queensland have been receiving 400 millimetres of rain in hours, just mm -hmm. hours, Um flooding right across the southeast of, of Queensland. So as much as it's a little bit grey and a little bit wet here in Sydney, Janani, we're at least not flooding today. No, we're not. Wonderful. Now, um, you started out um, not as a design researcher. You come from a different background. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I do, yes. I started in the world of marketing research, um, okay. doing traditional quantitative marketing research. Um, I was fortunate to work both agency and client side doing uh, exactly that. And it was sort of through a series of happy accidents that I landed into the world of product and the world of uh, user and design research. Yep, for the people listening, what differentiates marketing research from what we might otherwise do in, in design research? You mentioned, you mentioned quantitative. What would market research look like um, if we were to go and take a look at it? Um, I, I think, uh, Steve, if I may, I'd, I'd like to start off by saying that there's more similarities than, than differences. And I think yeah. that's, the, that's the really... Uh, wonderful thing about uh, having so many sort of interdisciplinary approaches to to research, mm. um, and and really my my sort of pitch is the world of marketing research and and user research or design research, uh, however we might call it, has uh, so many similarities, but yet the the nuances of each of those disciplines can mm. be. Uh, applied in in terms of enhancing our value to to our stakeholders um you know my uh, my, my sort of career has taken me uh, through to some roles where i was the first researcher in an organization in a in a standards body here in australia yeah okay. uh, and and 
Sure, there was a lot of um, uh, buy-in, a senior management buy-in, because clearly somebody approved th- th- my role and 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 you know brought me into the business. But the the the, the concept of proving value of, of research to mm. to the people that I was working with day to day was challenging, and I, I I saw myself sort of turning to traditional marketing research methods in specific stages of that product development journey to to actually prove the value of research. Mm -hmm. So in that role, I wasn't really thinking marketing research or user research. It was was trying to think what might be the best approach that I can choose Mm -hmm. to to prove that research has a place and research has a a value that we can add to to their lives. so yeah, nice. And so um, you're, you're you're going to be talking um, at Design Research about this sort of journey of yours that you've you've been on. Um, like other other questions that you're asking with that research different now than they were at the beginning of that journey. How are you sort of framing the research differently or asking different questions? Um, uh, uh, yes, I mean, certainly agree that there's a difference in the way that I'm approaching um, problems. And, and also, it's about sort of w- within the world of product research, there's a lot of sort of how our users, our, our customers are interacting with that product. Um, and, and in the ma- world of marketing research, there's a lot of sort of what goes on in the wider it's 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 not product level insights it's more market level insights yeah. uh, but i think that's that's where sort of user researchers can get that added it's almost like that extra um benefit that they can pro- provide to their own stakeholders you know by particularly in those early stages of discovery um, you know, by using methods like market sizing, understanding the market trends, understanding mm. competition, um, mm. you know, we we bring in those traditional marketing research methods in those early stages. Um, typically, things that user research may not actually be concerned too much with, no. uh, but nevertheless, we we add that extra value to our stakeholders by doing those things. Mm. No, and I, I think g- this. Sorry, uh, go, Chinani. And again, similarly, you know, so in the in the sort of uh, interim stages, particularly the design stage, um, mm. you know, we do a lot of sort of usability work in the design phase of of the project. Um, but things like pricing, you know, I think pricing is such a cornerstone of marketing research that. I dare to say we don't have uh, an equivalent in the user research world. You know, there's a lot of um, scientific methods that marketing research has already, they've done the hard work, they've developed Mm -hmm. those methods, using those to come up with an appropriate pricing um, is is again another value add that Mm -hmm. user research can provide to our stakeholders. And I I think the... The, the nearest concept when we're thinking about um, a, a user um, or that sort of you know that 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 human-centered approach to that same question is to is to better understand value. So what is the value or the value proposition we're delivering? And then the the, the flip side of that, if you like, or the the, the company um, perception of that same thing 
is price um, and, and, and notions like price sensitivity, um, you know, and the, the perceived value of specific features. You know, would someone actually pay more for a product if it had a feature versus it didn't? And we've seen a lot of, a, a lot of services over the last decade, I guess, mm. that um, have this sort of uh, freemium model of their pricing structure where, you know, the service itself, there's a version of that service which is free and then there are additional services that you pay for. Well, mm. which of those services people will pay for versus which ones they need to be free to get yeah. that entree into the product? Mm. Um, market research is, is a very good uh tool set for that yeah. kind of research. Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, further along that journey, once we've actually uh, uh, launched that product, you know, measuring mm -hmm. that ongoing success of the product, you know, sure, we, we have methods in the user research toolkit to, to uh, track that success, but, you know, tracking, product tracking, brand tracking, um, you know, all of these are, again, uh, methods that marketing research has, you know, got pat down um, that we can borrow a thing or two from. Yeah, I agree. And it, it helps to, um, it helps to inform a business case, uh, both around a product, but also around uh, changes to a product. Um, it helps with, you know, sort of pitching different versions of, of the product against different audiences, um, you know, audience segmentation. So we sort of think of personas, but audience yes. segmentation has sat within the market research realm for decades. Yes. Um, and we, we took a version of that, that notion of, of segments yeah. um, and sort of applied them to different behaviours within the the, the realm of a product or service around that notion of personas. But mm. like audience segmentation and market segments go back a long, long time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's that's where the 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 enhanced value that that we can provide by sort of borrowing a thing or two from from marketing research uh, mm. and, and bringing that and applying that in, in our day to day in the world of user research and, and design research. Mm. There's uh, a, a lot of a lot of good material there. So, can you are you able to um, tell the audience to tell our listeners where you're working at the moment? Sure. Yeah, I'm currently at an organization called Invoice to Go. Okay. Um, I'm a senior design researcher here, and uh, it's been yeah, it's it's uh, still uh, less than a month. Uh, in, in very fresh. Me. Yes, still very fresh, but. Uh, Lots of exciting things happening here, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to be a part of this team. So you're uh, a senior design researcher in uh, at Invoice to Go. Yeah. Um, to what, to the extent that you can um, share with us, what are the sorts of things, um, the sorts of questions that you're tackling at the moment? Yeah, so um, Invoice to Go um, is as uh, an online tool, um, and it's a we think of it as an all-in-one tool for small businesses and micro businesses. And my role as a, uh, as a senior design researcher is really focused on uh, what we call platforms. And it, it ranges all the way from, say, uh, a person trialing the, the solution as a trialist and then sort of getting 
um, going on that journey to then hopefully uh, converting as a paid user of the product um, and then sort of engaging with the product on on a variety of different sort of features and and functionality level. So it does kind of go, uh, it does follow their journey from the start to uh, uh, what we call an embracing the product. Um, uh, And and my work will sort of, and as a a researcher, the the way, we work here in Invoice to Go is very cross-functional. You know, I'm, I'm embedded within a squad that has the product design and engineering. So it's a very cross-functional mm. structure that I'm working on, working with, um, which really helps. You know, me as a researcher, it, it's a it's a great place to and a great structure to work in. Australia has something like 2.3 million small uh, and micro businesses at the last data that I, I saw, and I can't remember exactly when that's from. I think it was December 2021. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a reasonable number, and they sort of spread from you know your micro business that might turn over fifty or seventy thousand dollars a year, and and doesn't even need to register as a as a GST mm. uh, collector, all the way through to you know, I think the upper limits of what classifies as a small business is. 20 staff and you know 10 million dollars in turnover or something along those lines um is there is there a a a group within that or um you know sort of somewhere along that journey of starting a business through to being a a substantial and and well-established small business that invoice to go is is targeted um and and who is that audience that you're researching with yeah we um invoice to go um joined hands with another American organization called uh, Bill.com not too long ago. So with this sort of merger, merging of businesses, uh, we are now really focused firmly on that small micro business category. Mm. Now that's really uh, where um, we believe we can make a difference. And as uh, given that focus, my um, my conversations, my research has has so far been with micro businesses. You know, these uh, people who have um, a passion for mm-hmm. for something. It could be baking, it could be teaching, um, but they're still operating out of their home, or perhaps yeah, they okay. have like a rented space. And they they really know what they know, know but they don't know w- what it means to actually set up a business and and have that business going. So mm. we we hope to be that all in one tool um, yeah. that allows them to do what they they know doing, mm. um, but gives them the tools, the financial tools, to be able to support uh, their growth as a business. It's an interesting uh, sort of problem space to work within. I know um, I remember speaking to the um, the uh, architect registrar uh, registration board here in New South Wales a few years back, and something like ninety four or ninety five percent of all complaints um, made to the registrar's board or the registration board um, about architects um, has nothing to do with the work it's it's to do with invoicing and timesheets and you know expense tracking and and this type of thing so it's it's um all of the stuff about being an architect that has nothing to do with architecture 
Um, And the other really interesting stat that I remember from that conversation was that overwhelmingly architects work alone. They work in solo practice. Um, It's just them. I think the average number of people in an architecture practice is one and a half, 1.4. And so you've got these people, you you describe these sort of passion-based businesses, even architects, you know, which we think of as fairly well-established groups of people work in this environment where, by and large, they've, they've started a business to do architecture. But in order to be architects, they have to deal with all of these other things, yeah. like invoicing, like, you know, whatever, um, yeah. that they're not very good at. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, they don't need to be good at those things. You know, they need to be good architects. Shouldn't, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, First and foremost, we want them to be good architects. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. These are, so so as a tool, I mean, uh, in, the, in the month that I've been here, I, I've, I was fortunate to actually actually do some user interviews and mm. the seven businesses or micro businesses that I spoke to, each one of them, they, they work in a different domain. They, they've got a different um, sort of passion. But what's what was really clear in all those conversations is they're, they're all passionate people. They want to do something. They want they have a skill and mm. they want to share that skill with the, their wider community. Um, but they, they're struggling with the tools, with having the right tools that mm. allows them to focus on their passion um, and, part, yeah. and not have to worry about everything else that comes um, is involved in running a business. That's fabulous. It sounds like it's going to be interesting work and it's, it's always, um, you know, I, I always enjoy the opportunities that I get where, the work that I'm doing involves me getting out and talking to people rather than, you know, like being being stuck just in, in the work itself, yeah. like those conversations. And and I'm I'm fortunate enough that over the years, you know, I've been able to travel internationally to conduct research, um, travel, you know, to a whole range of different parts in in Australia to conduct that research and and sit down yeah. with people in their homes and in their places of work and mm. and have you know sort of good conversations with them about what's important to them. Yeah, um, that's I think that's the, the the richness of research broadly. How yes. you know what whatever tool set that you're engaged with and and whether the the, the structure of that engagement is um, you know sort of a, a structured questionnaire. Um, or an open-ended conversation. There's some really, you know, some some lovely interactions that that take place as we go about our work. Yeah, no doubt. It it, it it's very colourful. It's always a colourful uh, day as a researcher. Absolutely. Well, look, uh, Janani, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I, I look forward to hearing more about this journey of yours um, when you present at Design Research in just a few weeks' time. Thanks, Steve. Great to chat. Thank you for joining us. Bye then.